Welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. I'm your host, Bo Kennedy. Join us as we go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. Hey there, believers. On this episode, I'm bringing on a fellow podcaster here from West Virginia named Jordan. Um, He has the best Virginia podcast where he talks about local folklore and history and just really cool things. Um, He gets into Mothman and Mamie Thurman. Uh, it's, It's a great podcast, and I hope you guys check it out. But before you go and do that, why don't you go ahead and listen to this interview? We'll go ahead and jump into it. You know how this stuff goes, man. Uh, Let's talk ghosties. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that sounds good, man. I got a couple stories to tell. All right, you take it away, and uh, I'll just I'll mute my end so the rain outside of my window here don't interfere with anything. All right, buddy. It's, it's loud to me. I don't know if it's loud for you, but I'll just make sure. All right, good deal. All right. Yeah, so uh, I, like I said, I got a couple stories um, going back to when I was a kid. Uh, I remember the first the first one I was probably about six. Uh we had a we had a friend over from next door. I was playing with him and you know, we were hanging out. My brother, if I was about six and he was about one, and we were hanging out in his room for whatever reason. It was it was one of the bigger rooms in the house. And I remember I still remember the whole thing plain as day. Um my dad was in the living room through the house laying in the floor playing video games, not not paying much attention to, to us kids. Uh, and my mom was, she was, I believe she was at a baby shower or something. Uh, she wasn't home. And my brother, I think, was hanging out in the living room with my dad. But we were through the house, uh, me and my buddy John. And I remember just hanging out by the window. And, you know, we were looking towards his house through the window or, or facing that direction at least. And we saw this figure. And so, and, when I describe this to people, they always laugh because it's not, if I was going to make it up, this is not the description I would choose for a ghost. Um, this figure comes out and he looks like a cowboy, but he's pink. He's like Pepto-Bismol pink. And he's dressed as a cowboy. He's there for about a, a second or two and then disappears. And we looked at each other and we both asked each other, we were like, did you see that? And we were kind of freaked out. My heart was racing. I still remember all this. And, you know, we ran through the house to my dad and was trying to tell him. Of course, he didn't. He was like, what are y'all talking about? They're just playing or something. And then 
But whenever I started telling the story, I was like, he's seen it too. And my buddy John, he's like, no, I didn't. I don't know what you're talking about. We were just playing. And so he denied the whole thing. Oh, man. Yeah. So, and I don't know, I, we never talked about it again after that, but I, I remember I remember it playing his day. And then, you know, I, I I don't have much of an explanation. Back then, like once we went back and was talking uh, away from my dad, he's like, yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to. Didn't want to think we were crazy, and I was like, "Well, man, I think I'm crazy." And so we were, uh, we, we were kind of hanging out and talking, and I was like, "We were, you know, we were like I said, I was like six, and we were trying to come up and see if they had some kind of projector next door or something, or trying to figure out what we saw exactly." But I mean, like I said, if I was going to make up a ghost story, that's not how I would describe it. Yeah, no doubt. But you know, it makes sense. When uh, when I compare that story to things that I've heard on on another podcast, um, I had a I've I've heard a lot of stories where people, especially when they're children, they see images, and it's it's like something comes to visit or something makes itself visible, but it doesn't do it in a scary way. Oh like, right, like there was uh, a story I remember hearing person was in bed and something crawled through their window and once it crawled through their window it presented itself as like a cartoon character and then it would shift into something else just trying to be i don't know maybe not scary to the kid or maybe to look friendly to the kid but it just didn't look right you know like something was off about it and yeah. so but it's to you know to present itself to you guys as pink cowboys um maybe it almost got it right you know what i mean but was not wanting you to see its true form right no i i I get that and i believe it i mean like i said we i wasn't we were freaked out because i was six years old seeing a cowboy in my brother in my baby brother's room but you know i it wasn't i wasn't like terrified i wasn't scared i wanted to let my dad know (laughs) <laughs> I was like, hey, there's a there's a, a strange thing going on in here, and but uh, I mean, never saw it again after that. We lived, uh, my parents still live in that house. Uh, that's where my parents' bedroom is now. They traded rooms around, uh, and that's where their bedroom is. And my mom never says anything. She she always has strange dreams, but that's always been the case. Mm. Um, I will say I've got another, and I have a little bit of an explanation for this one. Um, because I always like to play devil's advocate, you know, being a psychologist, I like to, you know, it's hard for me to completely give that up and and not have some kind of explanation. Um, But so when I was uh, all the way growing up till I was in high school, this would happen often. My room was kind of, the dining room was the center room in our house. And then the bedrooms were kind of off the doors to the bedrooms were off the dining room. And I remember the room I had, I moved into that bedroom when I was probably in like seventh grade, sixth or seventh grade, so middle school and high school age. And, you know, I remember laying in bed and I would always hear, it would start out as two men talking real low and then it would kind of get up in volume. I could never hear what they were saying at at, at first. And then 
it would evolve into an argument where they were yelling at each other. And then I would hear, like, one of them would just scream really loud. I can't remember what they were – I couldn't really make out what they were saying, but it was words. And, you know, and and I was – then I'd hear a loud loud bang, and then I'd go check it out. And I – because the first few times I was, like, trying to figure out if there was a TV on in the house or if – my if my dad came home and maybe him and my mom got into an argument or something, my mom doesn't sound like another man, but uh, it was, you know, it was just really strange. It, this happened at, at least 10 different times. Uh, I, I would say a lot more, but, you know, as clearly as that, and I'd say at least 10, but, you know, this would happen all the time. And I would, I would go through each of the rooms, make sure the TVs like, make sure nobody's watching TV really loud or and I'd go in, my mom would be asleep and I would ask her if she heard anything. She'd say no. And of course I didn't really want to tell her. I, I, we actually just talked about this the other day for the first time and she was trying to explain it away. She's like, that's probably a neighbor watching TV. I'm like, mom, this is right outside my door. Two grown men going at it. They were arguing, screaming. Somebody was about to get it. Yeah. And, you know, it was, and it was always the same two voices. And it was always the same progression of argument, and I don't I don't think it was the same exact argument, um, but it was very similar. It was it was different enough to where I wasn't I don't know it, it wasn't like a recording or or a movie or anything like that, but it was right. it was it was very similar every time, and you know it was. I, eventually, I just kind of got used to it, and I would put headphones in and listen to music as I was going to sleep <laughs> to drown it out. Um, which, which was, which was told me something. It told me that it wasn't in my head. Um, Right. But it was, uh, to kind of play devil's advocate to that though. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with hypnagogic or hypnopompic hallucinations. Um, but it's kind of this phenomenon that the majority of people get them. Um, it's hypnagogic is when you're going to sleep, you kind of hear, you're kind of in that middle phase between sleep and wakeness. And you're gonna you kind of hear or see, some people see. I've never I've never had any situation where I've seen any anything, but I always have like big loud thumps. That I'll, I'll jump up and think I hear something, and I'll ask the people around me. Like my, my fiance is always like, "What the heck's going on?" And you know, I'll be like, "Did you hear that?" And she, everyone always says, "No, I didn't hear anything." And but, but I know what that is, but this was, I, but I've never since then or outside of that situation heard voices. Mm. And so that, that that's kind of how I weigh that out a little bit and hitting the pompic, um, similar situation, but that's when you're waking up, um, kind of, you're on the opposite end of that. And you just kind of went through your sleep cycles for the night and you're, you're kind of waking up and starting to take in stimulus from stimuli from outside. So you know, people moving around in the house and stuff like that, and that incorporates it into your your mind to kind of, it kind of takes outside stimuli and inside stimuli, like dreams and things like that, and mixes them together. And, right. And it kind of makes it kind of weird. It's kind of like when you see, like, you're dreaming about a bomb going off, and it's counting down, and then you wake up to your alarm, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, that that's part of it. Um and then, but it's more like hallucinatory. So you'll, it's uh, um, more sensory information. So like you're hearing, you're hearing things and, and seeing things. 
A lot of people will describe seeing dead relatives at the foot of their bed for hypnagogic hallucinations, um, things like that. But I, I've, like I said, I've never, I've never had any, uh, never had any visual hypnagogic situations. And, it, and it's like I said, it's very common. Um, <laughs> but you know, lots of people hear it. I always hear like big crashes and stuff is what wakes me up, and I'll jolt awake and and think I heard, think something's falling through the house. And we have cats. I'm always like, what are the cats getting into? And I'll go in there and they'll be asleep on the couch. Hmm. That's interesting, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of how part of me has always been like, well, that's probably what that was or could be what it was. But uh, but since then, I've, like I said, I've never heard, never had a voice situation. And it's always been, it's never been outside that house, not even at that age. Right. Right. So, okay. You said you had a theory about these things and you want to. You want to expand on what you think about maybe like the argument, what you think that's going on, uh, what are you hearing? Because I got as soon as you started talking about hypnagogic and hypnopompic, uh, I was like, well, maybe that's science trying to explain away something that's really going on, man. Yeah, uh, uh, well, funny you say that. I, that's the theory that I mentioned. Well, it's it's kind of a, a popular one, but it's 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 under scrutiny a lot, but it, it ties right into science. Okay. Well, let's let's hear what you got. Okay. So first, I'm going to touch on the the argument. Um, so, you know, I that kind of um, that's kind of, that to me that kind of represented like the the classic like there was unfinished business or or something like that that needed known. Yep. Um, I was never. <laughs> I'm sorry. What is it? I, I'm sorry. I, I, I was getting excited when you're talking about it. <laughs> that, that's, <laughs> what I was, that's what I was thinking too. Uh, I was like, oh man, he's he's hearing. You know, a couple of spirits finishing business. You know, they're they're battling it out. Yeah, that's you know, in my head, that's what I was thinking. So I started trying to figure out like what I asked neighbors, kind of uh, kind of off the cuff a little bit. But I was I would ask neighbors and stuff if anybody ever died in the house or if there was. I, I never got any um, any useful information, but the house is old. It was it was built in the uh, early to mid 1900s. Um, I think like the 30s or something. So it's it's probably seen some history, and it's over in Ottawa on the Boone and Logan line, um, sketchy area anyway. And so it's it's hard to tell what exactly has happened in the house. It's changed hands a few times. Um, the room that I said was my little brother's room, it was actually built on right before we bought the house. Um, so that was kind of that was kind of strange to me that the the cowboy ghost made an appearance there. Um, if you're looking at, at stuff like that, like unfinished unfinished business, or you know, uh, if you're looking at it from a from a way where they're trying to tell us something. Well, how new was the room before you saw that? Um, at that point, it had been there probably uh, I'd say about two or three years. Okay. So it wasn't like a new remodel that might have stirred something up, right? Um, I, and like, it was an add-on. It was it was a complete add-on. Yeah. And um, you said that was outside the window, though, right? Um, it kind of came through the window from from my perception. Oh wow! It, it like just kind of kind of phased through the window into the house, and 
just kind of pass through it. That's why, that's why earlier we were talking about like some kind of projector or something because it kind of came, uh, it just came through the window with no resistance. That's wild, man. That that would freak me out if I was six years old. I'd have been out of there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess him being pink maybe took off some of the sting, like you were saying, because yeah. it was kind of funny. It still is funny. I tell people when people ask me if I've ever saw a ghost or something, I'll tell that story, and they're like. Why would you make that up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you were going to make one up, it wouldn't be that, right? <laughs> right. It would be a lot cooler or, I mean, a lot more uh, scary or something. It wouldn't be a pink cowboy. That really takes away the <laughs> – when you <laughs> tell people, that takes away some of the credibility because it sounds like a joke. But <laughs> 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 Which is why probably why I believe it more, I think, because if it was, you know, if it was something scary or – you know, something related to something scary that we had, had watched or that my dad always played like the Resident Evil games and stuff like that. And, right. Um, so, which is where I get all my interest from. But, you know, being a kid, if I, because he was playing games at the time, I don't remember what he was playing, probably like a, a football game or something. But the, because uh, I've tried to rationalize it that way too, to try to say like, well, we just saw something scary, but if we saw something scary, we'd probably probably have projected it as something scarier than a than a pink cowboy. And we both said we saw it the same thing, at least initially. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, go ahead. I, I think I got you off track, man. He was talking about your theory. Of yeah. What you get, so. Okay. Yeah. So I kind of um, I like the theory that. You know, the Einstein, going back to his uh, the law of conservation of energy. I don't know if you're familiar um, or if the listeners are familiar, but, you know, that says that energy can't be created or destroyed. It can only be transformed from or transferred from one form to another. Right. Um, so, but, you know, to me, that's part of it. And, I mean, and it's, it's under a lot of scrutiny and, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of signs, but there's a lot that we still don't know. And when we're talking about like uh, ghosts and spirits and, you know, there's still a lot that we don't know. And I think it's, it's uh, irresponsible for us to to think that we do know enough to be able to make those links at this point. Um, But, you know, so if you're looking at the law of conservation of energy, it says that energy can't be created or destroyed. So, I, the way I look at it, it doesn't really touch this much into what I've read, um, but I like looking at it from the opposite end of, you know, the population today is way more than what it used to be, right? Right. So where are all these people coming from if energy can't be created? You know, like there are lots of, you know, there were a lot more plants and things like that back then, but it, it would be impossible to account for all the energy processes that have ever occurred on Earth um, to, to kind of track where the energy and how much of it's going. But I think, you know, kind of, if you think of it that way, ghosts are kind of working backwards. So, like, it's more of a sort of, um, you know, it's like the the energy from ghosts transfers into humans, rather not like a possession type deal, but you know, just the transfer of energy. Um, because if it's ghosts of people who have died, you know, like where did that come from? Right. So, uh, you know, like it, like I said, the population, if, if you go back all the way, the population was 
nothing. <laughs> and it was very swim. So, like, where are these ghosts, where are dinosaur ghosts is one of the big questions I had, but that's a whole different story. Um, right. That would be that would be pretty cool. That'd be terrifying. <laughs> yeah. But, and that kind of ties in, like, what what are we trying to see? I think we see how we, we see things out, like you, like you said, how, how we're going to perceive them. If we see something totally outlandish, it's going to be a hallucination or it's going to be drugs or alcohol or, or something like that. It's not going to be, it's not going to be meaningful. Um, but to kind of go, I keep getting off track myself. Um, but with that theory, you know, it says there's a lot of science that obviously that, that kind of explains most of it, but, like when a person dies, you know, if they get cremated, it turn the their life force turns into their processes stop. The body processes stop, so that takes away some of that energy um, that transforms it into into other processes like uh, decay and and uh, rigor mortis and things like that. Um, but well, like when you dispose of a body, so if you're going to um, if a body gets cremated, you know that energy gets turned into heat and light. Um, if it gets buried, it, it can uh, turn into energy as food sources for either animals or uh, or worms or, or whatever, bacteria. Um, so that's how some of that energy gets transferred. But I, like I said earlier, I think it would be super hard, impossible to track all of the energy, uh, all the energy processes in the in the world. It would be to, yeah. to determine exactly where every bit of energy goes and where it came from. That's that's the part that I find interesting is all this energy that is powering the world. There's a lot more energy processes now than there were millions of years ago. So where's all that extra energy coming from? I'm sure there's a scientific explanation to to be offered, but I don't right. know it. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think? Uh... Well, you know, with all with all of that, you know that you know energy transfers and you know, how it 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 may not ever cease, but it would dissipate, right? Right. Um, do you think that this energy from people, or do you think that what you're hearing, like the the argument and stuff back in the day, are those ghosts, or is that just Somehow, uh, this little energy burst has stamped itself into time, and you can hear these things. Uh, do you like? What do you think ghosts are? Do you believe that there actually are ghosts, or do you believe there's a scientific explanation? Uh, where, where are you at on that sense? Uh, both. Um, I think, you know, I think there's. I, I like to think of ghosts as extra-dimensional beings. Obviously, um, it's obvious to me. Um, because their time, you know, if, if you're looking at the traditional ghost stories, time works different, and time would get work different. You know, time is right. time is, and space is relative. So if you're if you're just a, a spirit that comes and goes or manifests in different ways, time's going to work a lot different for you than it is someone who stays relatively static for extended periods of time. Um, so I think I, I think ghosts are energy that's kind of left over from from life forms and lives you know all those all memories uh, is a form of energy 
Uh, and I think some of that gets kind of contained in some way. I think there's part there's a mis- some missing pieces. Right. Um, but I, I'm not going to try to explain because I'm not a physicist, um, and I don't know enough about it to to keep from sounding stupid. Um, <laughs> I think you're doing a pretty good job of explaining it, though. You know. <laughs> Thanks. I'm trying. I, I, I did. I, like I said, I feel like it's a huge. I don't. I, I don't. I don't personally think it's as simple as, you know. Oh, I saw a ghost. <laughs> I think it's. I think it is kind of. Uh, stamp, like you said, stamps in time. So stamps of experiences and memories that kind of get um, kind of get caught between dimensions. Or I think you know, I think there's and there's a lot of a lot of theories and proofs. Uh, there's slim proof, but proof that you know it, there are more dimensions than than the ones we perceive and the ones we're able to perceive. Um, so sometimes I think stuff gets caught in the middle. I do too. Or maybe we get to see a glimpse of, you know, what's behind the curtain. You know what I mean? Yeah. And kind of going back to, you know, people like having stuff knocked off shelves or stuff being manipulated, uh, like physical things being manipulated or people being touched, like that generates energy, like kind of going back to that. So that's, they have to be present and somehow it has to be present in our dimension to to transfer energy to us. Um, Because there's, how many stories are there where people like stuff's being moved around the house or or stuff's being uh people are being pushed or touched or hair being brushed out of their face or right. different things like that or feeling things. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Now, do you think there's any kind of connection? Because I, I'm, I'm asking some of these questions because I'm, I'm trying to – I'm just filling out my own views. You know, like so I'll just start with saying I, I feel like some people are more prone to see these things or feel these things or have these reactions or interactions than others. Uh, I think some of it might have to do with, you know, you're being open-minded for sure, but I think there might be actual physical reasons why some people are more exposed to some of these things. Like, uh, I think maybe it has to do with your pineal gland. Um, how the, the theory is over time, things that we consume, you know, the water treatments, um, the the chemicals in our foods and things, um, calcifies basically that pineal gland. And when we're children, it's it's not blocked. And that's kind of like our receptor to the other, 
you know, it's like the the third eye, if you will. Um, yeah. I think that there's, you know, and, and it makes sense in a way that they say little kids and animals can see things that we can't see. Well, what happens? What changes between the time we're a young child to the time we're an adult? Our body has to go through changes. You know, there's some kind of chemical difference between our perception. I just, I don't know. I think that's, that could be connected. Um, I think that maybe some, some of these people that have kept themselves on a, a more natural diet, you know, like say 75 years ago, you know, around here, everybody was, you know, basically farming it up, man. They were, they were living off the land. There's a lot of ghost stories from back then. There's a lot of weird encounter stories from back then, and there's not as much now. Um, right. Are we doing something to desensitize ourselves? I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, that's a lot of stuff to unpack, man. Sorry, uh, bro. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. That's, that's a good thing uh, because that gets a good conversation started. Um, but, you know, I think – you know, I think that's a good point. Like, like you said, with the pineal gland, that that does that that makes some kind of sense. But also, you know, from a psychological standpoint, um, you know, like you said, what changes from when we're kids, when we're adults, our our view of the world changes too. Uh, our schemas um, schemas are these little boxes we make in our heads to uh, kind of classify things. And what doesn't work, we throw it out, or we stuff it in a box and put it in the back of the closet until we need it later, which is usually when we don't realize that we need it. Right. And so if you think about like a little kid learning animals, the first time they see, you know, if they have a dog and they learn what a dog looks like, the first time they see a cow, they're going to say dog. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. Because they don't know what a cow is. So then you have to tell them like, okay, yeah, it has four legs and a tail and it's furry like our dog, but it's a cow because it's, it has udders and it's out in the field. And it's so anytime, next time when they see a horse, they're going to say cow. So they're developing that schema, and when you're a kid, there's like for for sure open more open mindedness, and you know the development of the brain. We um, when you're a kid, you can't like some forms of judgment and things like that. You can't even process that you don't, <laughs> and so it's it's all you, and and you go through a, a phase of what's called egocentrism um, in early childhood, where you think everything's about you, and not just like in the typical way of like, oh, they think the world revolves around them, but developmentally they have to <laughs> uh, right. because they don't, they haven't developed the sense to uh, of empathy and things like that. They can learn to mimic it, but and some kids develop it more early than earlier than other kids do. But, you know, uh, developmentally speaking, that some of that stuff's not present until a certain amount of time. So your perception of things is way different in, you can't, as an adult, you can't go back on that. You can't undevelop, not without traumatic brain injuries, um, but you can't undevelop to think like a kid. I remember being in, in school and uh, in college, and one of our professors, child development class, and she said that parents and adults will try to think like kids, but you can't. Like, you just, it's impossible because you have, you've developed skill, like, uh, emotional and intellectual skills that kids are unable to develop because of the different lobes of their brain aren't fully developed yet. And so you can't think like a kid. You can think like an adult trying to think like a kid or 
like what your schema of what a kid is, but it's impossible to go through the processes like a kid because we have tools that they don't. Right. And they have tools that we don't and they use them different. Um, so I think that's, uh, to answer your question, sorry, I got off track there a little bit, but it's kind of backtrack and explain myself a little bit. Um, but I think, you know, as a kid, you're, you're more susceptible because, as you get older, you're just going to get told you're crazy, and it doesn't work anymore. You, your body, your brain develops uh, to do what works. And if you're, a lot of times, if you see some people stick to their guns and like they know what they believe, and but some people second guess themselves. And you know, you're you're trained to listen to adults when you're a kid. So if you're if you say I saw a ghost and the adults say you didn't, even if they believe it, they're going to say that they that you didn't to try not to scare you and things like that. A lot of times, um, some parents, some parents will be like. Yeah, there's people died here all the time. There's tons of ghosts here. They're going to get you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know plenty of adults like that too. Um, but you know, it's natural to, and it's natural for parents and adults to second guess kids. So some of that stuff gets lost in translation. Kids learn like, well, I'm not going to talk about it if I'm not going to be heard. Right. Yeah. So that that kind of that develops that schema a little bit. That doesn't work. So I'm going to do it a different way. That's a shame too, you know. Yeah, I, I I hate that we have to lose that that side, and I I think a lot of that goes on through all of our culture. You know, it's okay to watch these fantastic movies about these kind of things, but they, in the same breath, you know, they try to say you know it's just a fantasy. It's not it's not real, you know. So, where are the ideas coming from? Is it somewhere in the subconscious that lets you know that? What you're what you're making is a an actual creature, or it's an actual entity, and it's it's not an original idea to come up with these these horror movies or these sci-fi movies. It's some it's somewhere locked in there. That, uh, yeah, I mean, sorry to cut you off. Oh no, you're good. Um, but I just like like you said earlier, I just get excited when you bring certain stuff up. Um, right. So, you know, like like you were saying, those ideas, and I've heard on some of your episodes get this get referenced, um, you know, those ideas aren't original because you can look in different cultures that come up with the same stories but call them different things um, from all around the world, these different ancient cultures who never – there's no way they could have saw each other um, geographically. So right. they couldn't have developed the same story. A lot of them couldn't have gotten – where they are, you look at Egyptian cultures and Mayan cultures that come up with some similar stories that have completely different belief systems. I I agree completely. It's coming from somewhere, you know? Yeah. Uh, And I think, you know, and lots of cultures have their versions of ghosts, but, and spirits and things, but there, there's a lot of pretty similar things that they won't disagree with, uh, from culture to culture. Um, no, I have. Have you watched uh, the show The Terror? I have not. Okay. No. It's really. I think it's really interesting. I really like it because it's kind of like um, alternate history, sort of, or, or more supernatural versions of historical events. Okay. The first season looks at the the and it's it's a drama, but it it takes real events. So the first season looks at the. Um, the USS Terror that got uh, that got lost on the um, oh the Arctic Passage is that what it was called um, where they were trying to to map out the 
the Arctic regions, and it got they got stuck, and all the there was like hundreds of passengers, not passengers, but like workers and explorers that died, um, and there was a uh, a being in uh, Eskimo folklore that or Inuit um, that it was like this man bear cross and it was like tracking these people down and kill them. And that's how, that's how it's represented in the show. Um, but the mm-hmm. second, um, and I think that's interesting cause that taps into their folklore, but the second season is what I was going to reference. The, it was, um, it took place during world war two in the Japanese internment camps in America. Um, which is, which is a whole different thing that hardly ever gets talked about. <laughs> um, but Dang the, on. uh, what is it? I said that's a stain on our past, ain't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, it's so it looks that the main characters are Japanese families in in the uh, internment camps and how they kind of get repressed and things. And it they uh, one of them is kind of haunted by a spirit. Um, I forget what they call what the name that they used for it was, but it was like an angry spirit that. Well, I won't spoil anything, but it ends up gets tied into his family from long from a long time. Um, but that's kind of how different cultures look as like these spirits attached to to certain individuals or for certain reasons. Or um, there's a lot of emotion involved, especially in like Japanese culture with with spirits and ghosts. They're, they're all really emotionally driven. Yeah, I think they are. I think they are emotionally driven, and that. That's why I think that spirits – now, I, I honestly don't know um, your your views on, like, this spirituality about religion. Um, so I don't want to step on anybody's toes or anything, but I'm just going to say that from my side, I believe that your spirit is a – is your physical, earthly energy, Okay. And I believe that your soul is separate. I believe your soul is tethered to creation, to God. And I think that that's how your – I don't think spirits and souls are the same thing. I don't think these are lost souls running around. I think it's probably just residual energy running around. Um, but I could be very wrong, you know, because people talk about helping – People cross over to the other side. I don't know though, man. Uh, how do you th- how do you feel about that? Are you okay. comfortable about religion and stuff? Is that, is that all right? Yeah, yeah. I, I won't get too much into my personal beliefs, but um, the, at least about like religion and God and things like that. But uh, I will say that I think you're onto something as far as the soul and the spirit being separate um, and just being residual energy. Because you know that's if we're talking science, my, the theory that I was referring to earlier. Scientifically, that's what it has to be. There's not going to be a, a religious a soul attached to that spirit, that energy. Um, it's going to be, you know, res- residual energy from whatever was contained. What I think is kind of transfers from memories and stuff. And that, and I think if you look at energy, um, it can be on different wavelengths, right? Like if you look at um, um, if you look at like the pressure in a tire, like in the Whenever you're looking in the summer months, your tires are going to be more inflated than when it starts to cool down, and that's because the heat excites those those air particles and they're vibrating and creating more space. Um, whereas when it's cold, they're going to be more contained and more more compressed. 
Um, so there's going to be more empty space in that tire right? because of the, the excited energy um, is not being triggered. So I think that it, I think that can relate to like um, or translate, I mean, to the emotions that we feel as people and can kind of make kind of make spirits more energetic than others because um, you see some people that just are not energetic mentally or physically <laughs> so i can't imagine that getting transferred into into too too exciting of a ghost or spirit <laughs> that'd be a lame ghost you know uh, yeah <laughs> uh, but I, I i think there's you know i think there's a way to merge that that's an unpopular opinion but i think there is a way to merge uh science and uh, religion to explain the different aspects of those things um, because there's parts of it if you're looking at from both sides there's a part that's not being explained right yeah I agree and I think that there definitely is a marriage of science and um, what whatever you want to call it um, the spiritual side um, the God side <laughs> you know I, I think there's definitely a marriage in there somewhere um, but neither side wants to budge on it. Yeah, because that would be, uh, you know, the way. Uh, I think it was um, it was one of the episodes that you mentioned. As I, I, I've been catching up lately, uh, it might have been the spiritual warfare episode that you did with uh, Leah was her name. Yep. Um, and she was talking about uh, people not wanting to admit that science and religion are related because the way we view things that would in instantly invalidate um the belief system but i don't i don't think that it's as simple as that i i think there's a lot of things we don't understand and i think we're crazy for thinking that we do understand enough to be able to explain something so expansive yep i i think you just nailed it because we're not going to be it's not going to be explained to us and it's going to sound over the top if we did hear it and we wouldn't believe it I think there's a lot more going on, man. Uh, right. And it's, it's just been the last few years I started thinking you know, how wild, you know, this world, this life, this existence even is. I agree with you about dimensions. Um, I think that there's things that could be, if we if we could just tune into a different frequency, we might be surrounded by an entire different universe and not even realize it. Yeah. I mean, there are colors that we know that we can't see. Right. Yeah, something as simple as that, colors. Who knows what's standing in front of you right now? Right. Can't see. <laughs> there. That's enough to keep a psychologist in business, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping to rack up some new business from this. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you got anything else you want to you wanna throw out there? Uh, yeah, actually, um, so kind of going back, this is a, a much more recent thing to kind of, um, and I, I think this ties a lot of a lot of things together that we've talked about. So um, my fiance and I moved into the house that we live in right now uh, last July, the end of July. So it's been almost a year, and this is the safest neighborhood I've ever lived in, and I'll preface it with that. And so she and I both, we lived here for um, – probably about four or five months before this conversation came up. But the whole time I was like, there's, I'm feeling something here that I've never felt before. It's almost like a sense of like, kind of like fear sometimes. And I'm, I'm typically not a very fearful person. I'm not like the 
typically macho thing, but I like being able to explain things and figure things out. And if you're afraid of things, you're not going to learn stuff. Um, so I think, you know, but there's been times where I've been sitting on the couch and I just get this sense of fear, like something's about to happen, but nothing does. And she, I, I mentioned that one day and she's like, well, it's funny that you say that uh, because I've noticed that too, but I didn't want to say anything because I thought maybe, you know, our house has a lot of windows. She's like, I thought it might've been that, but just feeling weird about people being able to see into the house and things. Um, but there's also, we have a loft room upstairs that it's a, it's a used as an extra bedroom. Um, but it's, it's a huge empty, well, not empty. There's a lot of, there's stuff up there, but it's a huge open space that, uh, we hardly ever check on. And she said that that kind of freaks her out too, knowing that if somebody wanted to break in here and just kind of live upstairs, they probably could <laughs> for at least for a few days and before they get discovered. Um, but I just think it's interesting the the way that I process that that feeling and that sense of kind of dread is different than when I was a kid because uh, I was talking about like the the argument that I would hear in the dining room and the uh, the pink cowboy I haven't seen that stuff since I'm not outside my parents' house um, but this, in this house like I said it's a it's a safe neighborhood super safe uh, and like we know the cops around here like we know all the neighbors and it's it's just a safe place, and so there's really no. Uh, and I've lived in unsafe places that I know, like that I got to be careful and on on edge. But uh, we've both. Kind of, I just thought it was interesting that we both felt that way, and didn't mention it until until it came up, and we were like, "Oh yeah, I've been feeling this way for months." Well, have you guys experienced the same feeling at the same time? Um, it could be, you know a sixth sense kind of thing um, that, or, you know, that feeling of impending doom, you know what that, you know, that people just say, oh, that's anxiety, you know, <laughs> that that's just a little paranoia. But if you guys are both experiencing it together, then. Right. Um, then man. Yeah. It, there's been maybe once or twice that we've both kind of been laying in bed and it's, it starts out as the like, Hey, did we lock the doors? You know, the typical, like, or the door's locked. I'll get up and go check. But right. there, there's been times where I'm like, something feels weird. And I'll mention that to her. And she's like, yeah, I feel the same way. Maybe we should make sure the doors are locked or, or something like that. It's it's kind of one than the other or, or kind of the reverse order. I mean, like uh, that feeling. And then maybe we should make sure the doors are locked or something. Yeah. Because what else can you do? I mean, I don't know if, door, if locks would keep ghosts out, but... <laughs> But you know, it's a it's triggering an an intuitive response, though, right? Yeah, right. Uh, you feel like it's it's happening, and you better follow your gut. And I hope that you always do follow your gut. You know. Yeah. Um, and then earlier you mentioned anxiety. You know, like I, I feel like I understand anxiety pretty well. I'm a very anxious person, and you know, I, I help I help very anxious people deal with it, and and I know what anxiety feels like, and. Uh, and it's it is different than that when we get that feeling it's 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 something that i've never i've never really experienced before it's kind of like um you know the feeling like when you almost fall and you catch yourself yeah the, the feeling that you get after that when you're like oh that could have been weird <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of more that feeling rather than the like instant startle it's just a sense of dread rather than fright right yeah, I, I get it. I don't know exactly what you're saying, man. Uh, I I live a pretty anxious life too. Uh, I, I understand the 
the feeling that you're that you're describing. And sometimes you just get those feelings, and it's not anxiety; it's just a feeling. And I think that's something or somebody giving you a heads up. Yeah. And I think we, you know, and to kind of, I don't know how much more time you want me to spend, but. Are you uh, good? Okay. Yeah. I've, you know, like I, like I said, I like to try to, to try to explain everything in different ways, not to try to talk myself out of anything, but to help myself understand. I, I like to keep a pretty open mind and, and, you know, look at things from all different angles because sometimes it's not as simple as one's right and all the other ones are wrong. Sometimes it's something it's a whole new frame of understanding. And I think it's, you know, I think it's, it's stunting in the development of, in the development of learning these things to say that there's one right way. I mean, obviously we don't know the right way or else everything would be figured out. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. We, there wouldn't be anything left to look for, would there? Right. Yeah. If it was, if it was as simple as, you know, people know how to explain things with science, all that stuff would be explained by now. Right. Yeah, I agree. That would take all the fun out of life, man. Yeah, it would, and it would make everybody robots <laughs> because it takes away individuality and and you know the ability to have these conversations and things. If everything's, you know, and th- and that might be why a lot of people hang on to stuff. I don't know. I I like I like the stuff because it's, you know, I think I th- I think it's crazy for me to believe that I have this overarching understanding of things to where like, Oh, I know exactly what that is. That's crazy for me to think. Yeah, me too. I, I love having something to ruminate on, you know, I I love to to have to sit here and think, um, I enjoy it. I enjoy the unknown. It's exciting. And I hope we get more answers, but I hope we don't ever get all the answers. You know, it's fun. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I don't, I don't foresee us getting all the answers. <laughs> um, I think you know, that's a whole different conversation. I think, but I don't think we're supposed to know all the answers. I think we're supposed to, and I don't think the answers are the same all the time. I think we're supposed to know, like, we're supposed to know what we're supposed to know when we're supposed to know it. Yep, that's what I, I told my daughter last night. I said, I don't know what I don't know, and that's. It's about as good as it gets, right? I forget who said that to begin with, but it was some I'm sure some good philosopher that I stole it from. But we don't have any concept of the things that are out there really. Oh yeah. And that that's a scary thought. I mean if you look back back in the day, they thought they had it all figured out when the world was flat and uh everybody else was Indians and you know, it's <laughs> things were uh, things were a lot simpler um in terms of understanding. And it just gets more and more complex. And then when you go down these rabbit holes and then you throw in things like the simulation theory where there's some, you know, there's a little bit of evidence, you know, that's, that yeah. blows open the whole book. Yeah, that, I, yeah, <laughs> that's all I can say about the simulation theory. I don't know, man. If it is, then who's the simulator? Uh, that, that would hold all the, uh, you know, all the answers, you know. See, I don't think it would. <laughs> I, I think that would just open up a whole universe like we got now, but probably a lot more things that we don't understand. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. 
Uh, that's all I would need to know, though. I'd be like, okay, it's a simulation then. Yeah. I'll just go about, you know, I won't try to control anything. I'll just go about my life until somebody hits the reset button. <laughs> and hope somebody puts in the uh, the rosebud cheat from Sims. Yeah, something. I hope they put something in there that helps me out. Well, man, before you get off here, uh, I haven't said your first name yet because I didn't know if you wanted me to or if you wanted to keep some anonymity, but with you having your own podcast, I think it'll be okay, right? Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, well, Jordan, Mr. Mr. Jordan, please tell us a little bit about your podcast and where people can find you and all that kind of good stuff and your merch and everything. I want you to get your, your stuff out there. Okay. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, like like both said, my name is Jordan. Uh, I have a podcast called Best Virginia. Um, you know, I, like just like Bo, I was born and raised here, um, and I like to. In that show, I look at the folklore and the history and uh, some of the mysteries and and things that we, you know, that we talk about as a state. You know, you take these things to other people from other places and they don't know them, um, and other people in the state in different areas that don't know a lot about our own history. So that's, that's what I'm trying to do is promote us in a, in a good way. Um, a lot of what we have out there right now isn't so positive. Um, and like Bo said, I've got, uh, you can listen to that show on, uh, on, uh, Apple podcasts on Spotify, um, and Google podcasts. Uh, and I have, uh, the website is best Virginia podcast at dot. Oh, sorry. Westvirginia.buzzsprout.com, um, and then you know the you can find it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Best Virginia Podcast. Uh, my logo, it's a really cool logo. Uh, my tattoo guy Jemison drew it up for me. Um, it's Mothman over top of the New River Gorge Bridge, um, and it says Best Virginia on the bottom in a little banner. Uh, that's that's how most people find it. Um, and I have I'm, I've been working pretty hard on a lot of merch lately. Um, I got I got a shop set up on Teespring. Um, you can you can go on there and I, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. But uh, the merch I have right now, I have T-shirts and and hoodies and crew neck sweatshirts, mugs. Uh, I've I'm, I've been doing some other stuff on request. Um, so I'm trying to figure out a way to incorporate stuff like that. But I've I've made a couple. Uh, I work in an office. So I made myself a mouse pad, and I've actually sold a couple of those. That was kind of unexpected. That's great, and I have one of your mugs on order. So as soon as uh, I don't know, Teespring takes a little while to get to you, and that's because they they they're making custom made things upon request. So if somebody wants one of your shirts or one of your mugs or something like that, it might take them a couple of weeks. But man, that logo is so badass! I I'm completely jealous of your logo. <laughs> I, I, I love it. So I got it coming on a coffee mug. It's, it's heading my way, and I'll I'll post it as soon as I get it. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I've got one too, <laughs> and that yeah, that logo is badass for sure. I, he couldn't have done a better job on it. Um, yeah. Whenever I as soon as when I started talking about this show, I, that's just kind of you know I love that American traditional style. I have a, a couple tattoos in that style from him. He's I mean he's amazing at that stuff. Um, and as soon as I was thinking, I was like, you know, that would be the perfect way to represent what my show's about. It's got like the weird stuff on there, like Mothman, uh, but it's also traditional. It's got the mountains. It's pretty, uh, pretty straightforward, but it looks so good. Yeah, I, I think you guys nailed it. 
I absolutely love that logo. Thank you for listening to this week's episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please go to wherever you listen to podcasts from and leave me a five-star rating and review. You can follow me on Facebook at The Bump Podcast. I'm on Instagram under the same name and Twitter. Um, If you have a story that you'd like to share, please feel free to message me on any of those platforms and I'll be sure to get back to you. Or you can email me at thebumppodcast at gmail.com. That's thebumppodcast at gmail.com. And last but not least, be sure to check out the merchandise that I have now. It's on my Facebook page. I have links to everything. It's on Teespring. You can find it as The Bump Podcast or The Bump Podcast Bigfoot on Teespring. I have lots of merch. I got a whole lot more coming out. Um, All of the artwork, I'm doing it myself. I'm designing everything myself. So it's it's a lot of work on my end, but I'm just hoping that I put something out there that you guys can enjoy. So thanks again for listening, and don't stop believing.